0: This is Megan Peterson, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey,
2: Dream Chasers. This is Amy Jay, and you are listening to episode 116 of Chasing Dreams. I have another amazing dream chaser for you guys today. Her name is Megan Peterson. With over 15 years of experience in the addiction field as both a counselor and pharmaceutical representative, Megan knows there could be a better way for patients to get the help. She took action and started Second Chance Counseling Service, providing a cost-effective, discrete solution for patients seeking drug and alcohol addiction therapy. As long as you're willing to put in the work, she believes patients deserve that second, third, tenth, or whatever it is, chance. Megan truly believes that telemedicine platform fits with the future of treatment and is here to stay, and she is taking some time out of her busy day to come and talk to us about what she's doing and her story, and I am very grateful for that. Megan, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to uh, to be here. I love what you're
0: doing because I think it's so important for people to, to I mean, to chase their dreams, right? Because we all have them, and some people do them, and some people don't, so- I think this is awesome that that you've uh, created this platform around this. It's fantastic.
2: Well, thank you. I am very impressed by the platform you've created with Second Chance Counseling Service. So before we even talk about that, were you always interested in the medical pharmaceutical field? Is that something you grew up wanting to do? No, <laughs> no, so, I was. So, uh,
0: yeah. What happened there? No, <laughs> um, I mean, I was a drug and alcohol counselor for about, uh, I want to say, 10 plus years and, um, and, and it was great. I kind of fell into that job as well. It, it came very naturally. I really enjoyed what I was doing. And, um, then we had our first child and I realized that I started to experience a significant amount of burnout in the field, which happens to a lot of therapists, unfortunately. But, uh, I had a lot of the, the, more challenging patients. I had a lot of patients that were involved in children's services, you know, so I was dealing with them, you know, and different, you know, interactions that were going on with their children. And I never quite internalized it until I had my own. (laughs) And then uh, once I had my own, that was a game changer. So I was uh, experiencing a significant amount of burnout. And one of the representatives from the pharmaceutical industry was working with us because at the time we were actually seeing patients that were being maintained on, uh, on buprenorphine on the medication, um, that she represented. And she came in one day and, um, she said, you know, you have all this experience with opiate dependent patients and you have like a plethora of years of experience in the field. You know, we're looking to hire, would you be interested? And, uh, you know, i thought at that point, it's not ever anything I ever actually looked into. So, uh, and, and anybody that knows pharmaceuticals too, is that a lot of it is who, you know, and it is, I mean, I've been in the industry, a lot of it is you need to know someone else in the industry. And, and it, that certainly does make it a lot easier. Well, that's just, I guess, in life though, in general as well. And I said, I thought you had to have a master's for that. And she's like, no, you, you, you don't. And I was like, Oh, sign me up. So it was a job that, that was very fulfilling in the beginning and it was very easy as well because, uh, you know, not not in the counseling field, I, you know, obviously you can't be competitive in the counseling realm, um, but I am a highly, highly, highly competitive person um, and uh, very ambitious. And I believe in like solutions-based things, you know, uh, work smarter, not harder, uh, those types of uh, things. So that job, you know, became... You know, kind of easy for me. It, it 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 wasn't too challenging, but it was rewarding because I was still being able to go out and educate people on you know the epidemic of addiction and and you know what to do when you see patients that present to you you know with it with addictive tendencies.
2: The interesting about what you're doing with second chance counseling, though, and what I said in the intro was, you believe that they deserve more than just a second chance, a third, oh a yeah. fourth a 10th, you know, however many. Yeah, you, absolutely. Is it safe to say that it doesn't matter how many times it takes you, ha- you can't give up?
0: No, absolutely. It doesn't matter how many times it takes. And I do that too, just in my own, you know, in my everyday life. Um, you know, we've all had, I've always looked at life kind of that way. In fact, I, you know, I've gotten burned myself many times. Um, and, uh, and my mom, even as a kid, she's like, you know, cause you of course you have like friends that aren't very nice to you or, or, you know, do things that they probably shouldn't. And then you keep going back. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure some, some therapists would like classify me in some, some kind of category for that. But, uh, but I do, I do believe in giving people, you know, second, you know, third, fourth chances, like, as long as you're really willing to put in effort or as long as you're able to come back and say, Hey, I'm sorry. Um, you know, hey, let's work through this, and I will. I, I absolutely will. We'll give you another shot.
2: So I guess we should make a distinction then, because you said if you're willing to work on it, mm. you know, yeah, is that a distinction we should be making? Yes, because it
0: takes work. Like if if you know, nothing in life comes comes for free, and it really doesn't. There's no magic pill. There's no oh, you know, just say this, and everything is going to be you know fine and dandy again. It does. Anything worth doing takes hard work, including recovery. Um, And actually, I see that all too often is that people think that they're ready for recovery. And it sounds really good, right? It sounds really good when you hear it. So you you think that you want it, but then we start really getting into things and uncovering other things that we need to address. And it's like, oh, you know what? I feel really good. And I don't really want to know if I want to, you know, go into this or do this anymore because, you know, I'm feeling good. So I'm just going to let things be where they are. And then inevitably what ends up happening is, you know, if you don't address some of the reasons that got you into the addiction to begin with, um, you know, relapse could could be right behind that corner.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting to to have to make that distinction. But I mean, you're not really helping if they're not trying. It seems like. I mean, we can. Well, so define
0: trying, though. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a patient that came to us. Um, he was one of my patients in the very beginning, actually, and um, and he said, "Look, I'm only here because my family's making me. I have no ambition of getting clean. I'm I'm just doing this so that they, you know, get off my back so I can continue to go out and use." And he was expecting me to say, "Oh, that's great. You know, we're not going to treat you." Then I was like, "Okay, I can work with that." And he's like, you can, and I said, yeah, because you're being honest with me. So, you know, you could say that. That's fine. But at least you're you're giving me something tangible. You're 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 presenting your authentic self. You're being honest. We'll absolutely work with that. Well, three months into it, I think it was like the end of the third month, I got a phone call, and the phone call was, "Thank you for hanging in there. You know, I don't want to use anymore. Uh, my lifestyle has changed drastically. I've actually gotten to see what it is to be like." to not be under the influence. And, you know, I like the way I feel. I like my relationships with my family. I actually have money in my pocket. I can think more clearly. So, you know, he went from a three, you know, 180
2: because he was being honest. That is an amazing way to look at it. Yeah. Be- because it, there, there is something about being authentic and the way that you were able to help him, even though he well, didn't we don't- think he was trying to get help.
0: No, absolutely. And I don't expect anybody to come into therapy with pom poms on like, yay, you know, therapy, (laughs) so excited. Like, that's usually not how it happens. So, you know, we don't expect that, you know, people coming in, they, they, they anticipate that they're going to be working with a therapist and they're going to be talking about stuff that they don't really want to talk about, but that's okay. I mean, you know, we've all been down that road. Most therapists have had therapist or, you know, have therapy now or ongoing therapy, obviously, so they don't ever convolute sessions and bring their stuff into other stuff with patients. So, you know, it's not like we haven't done the same types of things. We've been there. We understand, you know, that anxiety that that presents and, and, you know, what it looks like for a patient coming into it.
2: Let me ask you about your role in this, because while you are doing amazing work with Second Chance Counseling Services and helping so many people. What is the toll it takes on you mentally? Which I mean, it can't be easy, especially when you're you're faced with negativity or just pushback that you feel.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is single handedly the hardest thing I've ever done. And, um, you know, the good thing about it is I keep on getting those signs, which I don't necessarily look for. But, you know, I keep on they keep on showing up. Um, you know, which I I was told by somebody that they will just continue to show up to keep on pushing me through. It's hard, you need to learn how to take time for yourself. You know, I'm lucky enough that uh, I will push myself to an extent that my body tells me that I need to uh, take a break or, you know, exit our, our building for a minute and, um, you know, get some fresh air, maybe go out my, my go to is go out and get a get a cup of coffee. In fact, I had a I had a uh, mom call me a couple of weeks ago regarding a patient because the patient, quote unquote, wasn't, you know, getting therapy and, um, you know, wanted to know what some of the issues were. And at the end of the conversation, I said, you know, single handedly, ma'am, I mean, no disrespect, but there is really no reason that your son should not be getting therapy like he already paid for it. Number one, so money's out of it. And she's like, well, he owns his own business and he's busy. I said, I own my own business, and I take 10 minutes for myself every day mentally and emotionally to go out and get a cup of coffee. Starbucks loves me, by the way. (laughs) Um, I was like to go out and get a cup of coffee. And if I don't have one of those around, then I'll go someplace else. But I know that I need that for myself. And my husband loves it as well, too, because he works from home. So if I get a coffee, I bring one uh, back for him as well. So, But that's something that's needed. So I'm like, if I'm making that a priority for myself, then why is he not making this a priority for him? So it does it does take a toll, Uh, you know, but it's one of those things where I think if you if you truly believe in it and you know that you're meant to do it, then you just continue to kind of push forward.
2: Can I ask you to relate that to someone who's chasing their dream? Because I think uh, one absolutely true for anyone in in medical field who does that kind of work. That's just emotionally taxing upon you. You got to take a break. You got to find something. For people who chase their dream, who are so focused, do you think it's the same thing? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, cause if you're, if you're putting all of your emotion and you're putting like all of yourself into it, you're going to get to a point that your body emotionally, mentally, physically is going to be completely drained. Um, so I think it's important to take those, that time and also know those signs and give yourself permission to give yourself a break. I mean, I'm, I'm running 16, 20 hour days right now. And, uh, and sometimes I will, and, and and you know I'll say, hey, I, I need to kind of check out. Like last night, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Spider-Man came out. We have two kids. So uh, last night, instead of sitting in front of my computer until 9.30 at night, which typically I will do, is I said, you know what? I'm going to pop popcorn, and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch a movie with my kids, because I know that I need this time not only with them, but for myself to just kind of take a, take a mental break. Uh, so that's what we did. So I think that it's important to acknowledge those things and uh, and give yourself permission to to do them
2: do you find that after you do that that time with your family you felt better or re-energized oh yeah absolutely absolutely yes without a doubt
0: there's not even a question in my mind
2: yes so what would you recommend someone do because there's always walking away from whatever it is you're working on but is there some general description we can give dream chasers to be like hey this is the kind of thing you need to do you know, make it work for you, but look for these kinds of sure. signs.
0: Well, I think you need to listen to your body. You know, when I get to a point, I get I start to get headaches, or I get really, really tired. That you know, really, really tired and or sore from sitting in the chair all day, right, from on the computer. Um, so you need to listen to the signs on that your body is presenting to you, and you need to listen to people that are close to you, though as well. I'm lucky enough that I have a fantastic partner in you know she will call me in fact she said it the one day it was funny cuz i called her in the morning and she's like yeah you need a break and i'm like i just started she goes but i could hear it in your voice and i'm like what do you mean you could hear it in my voice and and she's like y- i could hear it i don't i don't hear the pep this morning i don't hear the spunk like you know go go take a break you know go get yourself some a really good breakfast you know take a hot shower go for a walk go do something but i don't hear it so you need to walk away so I think listening to people that care about us as well, because obviously the, the hardest thing, and, and this is just for patients, this is for, for you know, uh, uh, dream chasers, this is for anybody. The hardest thing to recognize is how we feel about ourselves. It's always really easy, even even as a therapist, it's really easy to tell someone else or guide someone else on what they're doing wrong and how they need to correct it. But we're always at like our own self detriment because we, we very, very, very rarely ever realize that about ourselves. So it's it's a self-learning, you know, type thing where you need to learn those signs and get to that place where you're giving yourself a break.
2: And what do you say to the person that's like, I really got to get this done. I can't take that time.
0: Well, so I think it depends if you're I mean, obviously, if you're on a deadline, meaning you have to like I did this when I was in college, you know, when you had papers due, um, you know, you're on a deadline, you have to do I would say first, don't procrastinate, Right. Because you should never be in that that in that time frame where it'd be like, "Oh, I have to do because usually if you ever feel that way, your backs against a wall and and you should have done it a heck of a lot sooner. So acknowledge that sign first. Um, but I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a five, 10 minute break, you know, having a walk or or going out and smelling, you know, the crisp air, especially now that, you know, fall is coming, uh, going for a walk and kind of, you know, regrounding yourself and and taking that break or, you know, showers, baths uh, are wonderful as well to just kind of, you know, take a minute for yourself. Um, I think all of those things would be good Now, obviously you can't do that when you're in an office (laughs) setting. I'm thinking about that. My office is my home. So it's very easy for me to just kind of check out and go take a a 10 minute walk or or go take a shower or, or make myself something really good to eat. I'll do that as well. Um, You know, have kind of like a, a good healthy snack, uh, but something that makes me feel good as well. So I think it's fine to take that five minutes, 10 minutes. You need to take that five minutes to know that if you're, if you turn around and walk away, you're not doing it for the rest of the day just commit to yourself like, Hey, I need 20 minutes. So even set a timer. I set timers for myself. I set timers for my kids. You know, uh, I say, you know, Hey, I need to take a break. So I'm going to walk away and set a timer. That way, you know, that when the timer goes off, okay, I had it, I feel better, you know, reevaluate, right? Cause if you don't reevaluate, you could not still be in a space where you need to go back. So maybe it's our, I'm going to give myself permission to take another five minutes here. Cause I'm still not where
2: I need to be. So reevaluate and then go back to it. Do you think that if they keep pushing, um, sometimes it may not be the best work that they do? Absolutely, because if you're pushing through headaches or pains
0: or frustration or even uh, from a standpoint of fatigue, then yeah, absolutely, no, you're you're not going to be good to yourself. You're not going to be good to anybody else. Uh, you need to take 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 that step away and uh, and then come back later.
2: So you created this. Uh... Platform, second chance, and it's about telemedicine, which I gotta tell you, first time I'm hearing about this. Really? Gosh, I keep on hearing that though. It shouldn't be. I mean, if you have
0: kids or family, like I use it for my my kids have not seen like a physical, well, that's not true. They seen a physical doctor uh, uh, last year when we were home, um, to get some of their, uh, their vaccines that they had to get. But other than that, like we don't go to a doctor for a cold anymore. We, we use telemedicine. Maybe,
2: maybe I just didn't know that that was the term. So what is telemedicine? So telemedicine is, is exactly that it's tele. So
0: it's medicine that's delivered through, you know, either, you know, we're not delivered over the phone, but you could be delivered over the phone over, uh, over video. Um, any method that's not necessarily, that's a physical presence. So, I mean, it's been around for years and years now. Hospitals use it. Hospitals been using it for years, uh, doing like consults between, uh, physicians, you know, uh, within the hospital and a physician. That's a lot case in point. My son, uh, we were in Boston and he broke his arm. When we went to the local hospital and local hospital didn't have like it, it wasn't Children's. It wasn't Boston Children's. We ended up going there later, but uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the Children's Hospital. And uh, the doctor that was there obviously doesn't see a whole lot of this. So he telemedicined one of the pediatric doctors that were on call to have him look at the x-ray and give him advice on on what needs to be done further, you know, for our son. That's telemedicine.
2: OK, so maybe I I have done the patient uh, doctor on demand.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. Absolutely. OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we've used. That's telemedicine.
2: Yeah. OK. So what you're doing then is regardless of your geographical location, you are able to get help through this service like a second chance. So right. someone from and you're on the West Coast, so someone from uh, Kansas or Boston could get help from your company. Is that right? Yes.
0: So we, we do teletherapy. Okay. So teletherapy is just a little bit different, obviously, because we don't prescribe medicine. It's just all therapy based. Um, so yes, what we do then is, is we have therapists in all 50 States that are able to service patients within their individual state to, you know, deliver them the therapy that they need. So geographical area, you know, no, it doesn't matter. And by the way, I'm on the Pacific coast right now, but that's not, we travel for a living. So uh, one of the reasons that I started this company actually. So uh, we're on the Pacific coast now, but, you know, come December when it starts getting cooler over here, we'll actually be on the East coast and and be in Florida as well. So we're kind of all over the place.
2: That's so cool. Well, hold on. Now I got to talk about that for a second. So, (laughs) cause that sounds awesome. Is that something you've always wanted to be able to do? Uh, that was one of the other chasing dreams.
0: If you if you don't know anything about me, you know, now after this call, you will definitely know that I'm a uh, think-do-getter. In fact, when I was in pharmaceuticals, that's what they'd always say. So I think it, I, I you know, I'll do it and then I'll get it. So no, it, it wasn't anything that we ever anticipated that we do. It was kind of a, a thought that my husband had. I was never camping ever in my life. My husband had this thought like, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if we you know, sold our house and all of our crap and uh, traveled the country with the kids. So at the time, I thought he was crazy. But, you know, within that same space, it was one of those things where, you know, we were we were working for a house. We were we were, we were living like most Americans do right right now. We were accumulating a lot of crap that we didn't need. But, you know, it's materialistic stuff. It makes you feel good we weren't spending the quality time that we really needed to with our kids. We were torn on the weekends, you know, bombarded by housework or, you know, yard work and and things like that. So we made a cognizant uh, or a cognitive decision to, um, yeah, sell the house and everything in it. And uh, that's when I say I I work in my house because my house is a 42 foot toy hauler on wheels. So, like for instance, my our daughter is still she's still sleeping. She's the one that sleeps in, so she's still you know sleeping in the other room, and and uh, and my husband and and son are up watching TV in the uh, in the other room. Is this so one yeah, of those so tiny we travel homes? the country. Um, you know what? This so we're in five hundred square feet. Some of the tiny homes are littler than that. Plus, we have slides because an RV has slides, so it's able to expand out. Tiny houses don't have slides, but I mean, yeah, we're in we're we're a four family well four family and four rabbit now too. Uh four family, four rabbit
2: in 500 square feet. So, what? yes. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. nice. So, I mean, so when it's cold, you guys move? Yes. Is, is <laughs> you that got is that, is that, yeah, is that what we're doing that. here?
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. Which we were hoping to find like the perfect place to to live and then like after being in it we realized like the, the really like only weather perfect place maybe would be San Diego. And like, we're not willing to sell our left kidney to live there. So we're like, you know, the next place would be, you know, we want to settle down as a family. So we were looking at uh, when we get back to the East Coast, we're going to be looking in Asheville. Um, we loved Asheville. So we're going to be looking there still has all four seasons, but not as much snow, you know, not as cold as as where we came from originally, which was Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'm we'll there kind now. Of Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pennsylvania native, born and raised, right out of uh, Schuylkill County is where I grew up. So, so that's where we left. We couldn't do the. We couldn't do the cold after. What was it? After the winter of. uh, What are we in twenty seventeen? We've been doing it for two years. So it was it. I think the winter of like twenty fourteen. Oh, that big one. Yeah. I was like, we're
2: not doing this anymore. <laughs> 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 no, we're good. <laughs> now, is it that you? I'm not saying you create a second chance for that purpose, like to get out, but. Yeah. No, oh, did. I didn't. No, no, I actually didn't. Okay. No, you're right.
0: I didn't I didn't create it because of that. Uh we made the decision to leave and then I had to leave my job, which again, like really easy job making a butt ton of money. Uh, so it was uh very, you know, intimidating and scary to to be able to leave that position. But at the time I told my husband, I want to do something to give back. Like I just don't want to sit and not do anything. Cause this was literally, I've worked all my life. I mean, I've had multiple jobs at different times. You know, I'm not a sitter, I'm a worker. And, uh, the thought of uh, not doing anything really scared me. And I think that that could be a lot for a lot of people too. Like people lose their jobs and you, and a lot of people define themselves based on what they do. So I will tell you, that was a huge challenge for me coming into this because now I wasn't a worker. I'm a homeschooler, you know, I'm a homemaker. I'm more of a mom type figure and and that was definitely a challenge coming in. So, I wanted to do something where I would continue to give back and um it was actually at uh at one of Oprah's seminars that I got the idea to to create this company. And but I didn't do it right away. I mean, I waited like, gosh, what are we talking about? I I saw my own patients from physicians um that I had relationships with, but aside of going from a from that to a national company, I mean, it took me 3 years to actually go all in and recognize and acknowledge the fact that I really did need to do this. Cause it's scary. It's absolutely scary.
2: It's scary, but you took, you were brave enough to take the leap. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if you're the first in your field to do this, but it's the first time for you to do this.
0: Yeah, I am. Actually, we are the first national uh, substance abuse tele, you know, teletherapy company. Yes, there, there's one or two other companies out there that do a, telemedicine. They deliver telemedicine, um, but they'll deliver it kind of all over the country. And uh, and addiction is not the not their specialty. So we are the first that has coverage in all 50 states um, to be delivered. So that's scary just in itself, right?
2: Yeah. So that, that's what I was going to ask. So- So that's scary. You don't have anything to look or model it after necessarily. Um, What was your approach to this? Like, I mean, I'm sure you weren't thinking, we're going to get it right the first time. Because if that was the case, you might not have ever started or finished. Right. Okay with the fact that mistakes may have happened or would be, would Um, happen. I guess so. I would say yes,
0: because I know that they've happened. I mean, I know that we've already made mistakes, that we've got, you know, come back and said, you know what, we could we could have done that a little bit differently. Let's do that a little bit differently. I'm also, you know, I'm very open to listening to people though. Um, you know, I tell the therapists that partner with us, you know, I wanna hear what's going on. I wanna hear what suggestions you have, I wanna hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly. I wanna hear that feedback because that's the only way that we're gonna be able to, to continue to deliver really good therapy to patients and continue to grow. So it's one of those things where, you know, I have a really great team behind me as well. um, That's very supportive and and opening to listen and and give different suggestions. So it's I don't ever anticipate. Look, if I think when you get it right, like you're done, because I don't think it's ever right, because if you really want to make it better, you're constantly going to be changing it. You're constantly going to be evolving. You're constantly going to be able to do, you know, be able to look at different things. So I think being able to acknowledge the fact like, hey you know, I could have done things differently. Let's learn from that. Let's not, let's not redo it. Right. Let's learn from that and let's move on is really important.
2: Yeah. But now, now that you're at least three years in, how are you feeling now about how everything went?
0: Well, I'm three years into traveling in the RV. I am only, I'm, I'm a little over uh, a half a year into creating the, the company nationally. Wow. Okay. So we are, we're really new. We're really new. Um, but I mean, I feel, I feel like we're in a perfect position that we're doing everything that we need to right now to open up access for patients, you know, into the space to be able to give them, you know, the, the therapy that they need. So, um, so I mean, I feel good. It, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, again, every day you wake up, you constantly kind of take a look at where you're at and and where you want to go. And you have those small goals and you have the large goals and you just keep pushing to attain them and not let some of the other stuff frustrate you or, or knock you down. It was funny. I don't know. I need to, I need to meet Oprah one day. I really do because she was, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I had the th- the thought of creating this company when I was at one of her seminars, and then yesterday I will tell you, being an entrepreneur, you're never you're never prepared for the highs and lows. No one ever tells you about them, or if they tell you about them, you know you don't really realize them until you're in it. And I think that's the same for like a dream catcher, you know, or chaser too, right? Because it's the same it's the same concept because you have those highs and lows that you're like, oh, I really want to do this, but like something kind of throws your curveball in between. And I was. I literally had a couple, I had like three or four curveballs hit me in one day. And I was like, you know what? Oh, I I can't do this. Like I cannot do this. I mean, I was emotionally, physically, you know, I was checking out and it was funny because, um, obviously we live in an RV, so we never know what kind of cable channels we're going to have until we get to the place that we're at, because, you know, we don't have a dish or anything. We just use the cable and then obviously, you know, Netflix and things like that for the kids to watch. And I'm, I'm up in our room and I'm, I'm flipping through the channels and I got on own on, you know, Oprah's network and not something that I have to say that I really watch on a regular basis. I don't, but Steve Harvey was on there again, not somebody that I particularly watch or listen to, but it was, he was on masterclass and it was funny because as I turned to it, what was coming out of his mouth at that time was don't ever give up. And he was talking about how many things were thrown at him and how he was ready to give up and he saw a sign. Somebody kind of threw him a bone to say, hey, you know, I don't want you to give up. You know, you need to keep pushing forward. And one of the things that he talked about was, can you imagine how many other things would be accomplished in this country if people just didn't give up? He said, because you get to a certain point that you are, you're like, you know what, I'm done and you're ready to walk away. And so many people do that. But imagine if you just hung in there a little bit longer and pushed, pushed forward, what type of amazing things you can contribute to this world. And it was like, I was laughing, well, laughing and then crying at the same time. Cause I was like, damn it, Oprah, you did it again. Seriously. (laughs) So it was, it was exactly, you know, what I needed to hear at, at that time. Um, and I think so many of us need to hear that that too. It's like, just don't give up. You know, if you have a dream. And you have something that you want to accomplish. Surround yourself with positive people that are behind you and supportive, and and can give you feedback. But you know you're gonna have those moments where you're like, screw this. You know you're gonna have them probably more often than what you'd like, believe me. Um, but you need to keep fighting through those because in the end, you know that you're doing something that's going to create change and it's going to create you know an impact for the world, and and that's what you're going towards.
2: I love that. And you're absolutely right to never quit it. There's so many, it's so easy to quit. It's hard to it restart. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it is easy to quit. I'm not, I, but I don't think it would be easy. So, you know, I, again, I told you, I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. It's very scary. You know, I knew that we'd be, I, I, I am, and I did, I'm putting my family back in a, in a financial situation that, you know, we didn't ever anticipate being in selling our house and everything we, we were out. Out of debt, which was a exhilarating feeling, by the way. How many people can say that you're debt-free? Um, Started a business, you're not debt-free. <laughs> so you know, we put ourselves back in this in this predicament uh, as a family. So I knew going into it that it was going to be really scary, and that's why I didn't pull the trigger. So so even for people out there, you know, your listeners, like I know people have these dreams and they have these thoughts, and they're just kind of sitting. And they're lingering. And for me, I would always get like those whispers. And no, I'm not crazy, although some people may say that I am. But it was like that whisper, like, you need to do this. You know, why aren't you doing this? You know, why haven't you created this yet? And um, I got that for like three years. And then finally, God love my husband. I do. My husband is is my rock. But it was uh, right before Christmas. We had the, like the, you know, what people would define like the come to Jesus moment where he's like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing about it. Like either... <laughs> What is that analogy? You know, either crap or get off the pot, right? That's exactly what he said to me. He's like, I'm, I cannot hear about this anymore. Either make a decision or ser- I love you. I do, but shut up about it. And, uh, and it was right there where I was like, you know, are you behind me? He's like, absolutely I am. And I'm like, you know what this could, could be, you know, both good and bad. He goes, I know. He's like, but do you really want to live with this regret for the rest of your life? And I was like, ah, no, cause I can't
2: live with regret. I am cheering your husband. So on. for me, so
0: for me, quitting is worse. Like I can't quit. Yeah, you know, and I'm cheering h- your husband. How on. hard it gets. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you, it's it's very rare to have someone who will st- who will be real with you like that, and that is awesome. That it, you know that he kind of stood yeah. up and said, "Listen, you want to do this? You've been wanting to yeah. either do it or don't." And thankfully, you you listened to yeah. that voice after three years. Right. No, absolutely. I love I'm, it. I'm very lucky. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I, um, have a,
0: I, have a, I have a good egg. I'm keeping them for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, Megan, before I let you go, I have to ask, what is one action you would recommend to a dream chaser to take today?
0: Write down your vision, write down what you want to do, and then just keep coming back and knowing that, that that's your purpose. Because I think having a purpose is really important so that when you get thrown those curveballs, you know, it doesn't sway you. So, you know, that's one of the things that we do is, is, you know, I have why I, you know, created this company, um, you know, and what is my drive. And sometimes you're going to need that reminder of why you did it. Uh, cause it, 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 it's not easy. It's, it's tough. So I think having that, um, in front of you, write it down on a whiteboard, you know, write it down on your wall. You know, you can always, you know, repaint over it if it changes. But, uh, you know, I think that that's important to to always be centered and know know the reasons uh, of why you want to do things, you know, what's really driving you.
2: I love it. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing not only your story, but the lessons you've learned throughout your dream chase. Thank you so much for having me. And guys, that was Megan Peterson. She's doing some amazing things, giving back to the community through Second Chance so definitely check it out. You can learn more about Megan and Second Chance and all the links can be found at on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com episode 116. That's episode 116. Until next time, dream chasers, keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams.